What's up, everyone? This is pop singer-songwriter Sharon Masarin, and you're listening to the 2400 Block Podcast with my boy, Johnny Rubes. Hello everyone, it's Johnny Reeves here and welcome to another fresh episode of the 2400 Block Podcast and it is titled, Who the F*** is Kendrick Jackson? No kidding. Hoping all of you are doing great and if you will join it with my friend Kendrick here on the show. This is an episode you definitely can't miss out on, so hang in there. What's been up with me since the last episode? Well, I have something to mention which can be interesting and funny at the same time. Okay, so most of the TV shows I regularly watch have wrapped up with their season finale episodes, which is a bummer. But then something happened. The Friends Reunion special was on HBO Max recently. I decided to check it out for myself. And this is coming from a fellow like me who has never gotten into the hype of it. Now, it's all new to me, including the moment when Ross yelled out, Pivot! Or Phoebe's catchy Smelly Cat song. I just never had the time for TV, really, unless if it was pro wrestling with WWE and WCW. But that was it. I gotta admit, I'm a late bloomer. And yes, I'll do a, a topic someday about late bloomers on our show. In addition... I got myself a new portable podcasting device called the Zoom PodTrack P4, which I can do podcast sessions from different locations other than here at home base, and I can't wait to try that out sometime. Okay, it's that time now to introduce my friend who currently hails from California, and we've been best friends for over 20 years now, and since our heydays in Virginia Beach, and have regularly maintained contact ever since, in spite of the time gap, as well as the distance to go along with that. Well, here he is. Without further ado, Kendrick Jackson. Dude, how are you, man? I'm good, bro. At Sylvan Skate Park, bro. Just, I'm here. I'm, uh, you know, like, at the place to be. I don't think anybody's really ever did a podcast at a skate park. Maybe they have. I don't know. I haven't. So. Hey, this is my first. That looks awesome. <laughs> People just doing their thing out there. Yeah, man. It, this, is, uh, <laughs> this is the place where it all began for me, man, skating when I was... Like, I think I started skating around seven or eight um, in Compton, in Linwood, in Long Beach. And here I am in Redlands, California, in the Inland Empire. So it's it's a great flow of energy here. You can see everybody. Uh-huh. You've got, got everybody up here on the top, you know, just ready to drop in, shred the park. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, the funny thing That's is... Nice. I, we were discussing a little earlier. If you don't mind, I'm, I'm going to walk walk and talk in the skate park. All right. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, man, the, the, the universe brought me to this point. I was <laughs> looking for a place to do the podcast. I was like, hey, I'm just going to come to the skate park, man. <laughs> nice. Is it, uh, is it hot out over there or is it, or is it cold or a little cooler? No, it's, it is perfect temperature here in California, man. It, it, seriously, it's in the 80s like i'm in the inland empire so in the inland empire it gets really really hot but right now it's probably in the 80s 90s uh-huh. um you know perfect temperature or ours is you know i'm sure in the midwest over there in chicago it's crazy windy and probably rainy and just strange but it's sunny sunny perfect weather man perfect day to go skating you know we've been blessed not to have uh rain this week but we had some last week, but but this week it's been relatively dry. Oh, that's crazy! You talking about like desert dry? Oh no, not like desert dry. Oh no, not like Las Vegas. 
no, not like that. Oh, I experienced that one last time in, in Vegas, like a couple of years ago, and it was just terrible just handling all that dry heat. That's the first time I actually faced it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's, 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 I don't know. It, the weather here is so consistent when, it's, when it comes to like sunny weather. You know, it, it was like rainy wintertime, but it wasn't like crazy. But uh-huh. I think for us, real early spring, been sunny man beautiful i you know i was living in texas for a while when i went trucking and hello look at him oh, oh. oh nice <laughs> kids having fun yeah yeah kids having fun yeah my son i wish i i would i would have brought my son but i have to watch him you know <laughs> i saw podcast and do my son he's, he's a wild child but um but yeah, it's it's Texas is you know pretty crazy weather and everything like that. But mm-hmm. when you're a Californian, you're Californian, you know there is y'alls and I reckons and whatnot. Here it's dude. It's I'm not sure if I can curse on this podcast, but it's <laughs> it's what the fuck over here. Like, <laughs> and people, it's just it's, no, it's just a wild energy in California. So you can't. A southern environment expects to be like, oh yeah, this is where I fit in. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, man. So the, the California at a skate park. This, this, is, I couldn't have it better. Cool. All right, Ken. I'm going to ask you a question. Well, actually, it's an intro. Uh, there's some of us that do know you from our personal lives, whether it's California or in Virginia, where we first met. But then there are the vast majority of listeners and viewers from all over the world that are just getting to know you for the first time here. Give them a brief description of yourself in a few sentences or so. In a few sentences, I'm going to try. What I will say is, um, I, and I had it on my Facebook for the longest, um, I'm everything and nothing at all. I'm an anomaly. So, you know, I I have ADHD. I was diagnosed at in 2013 so um who i am so diverse that i'm really starting to slow down and understand who i am so who you who you knew me to be in the va was just a small phase of man who i am now you think that the who i am now would have been who i was when i was younger like wild and doing all so many things but i've did so many things back in in va but i'm still on that level and that and i understand why it's because uh, you know, people with ADHD mind is a novelty brain. And uh, I noticed, again, this is not a few sentences, but <laughs> again, having ADHD is not a simple thing. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm just a, a family guy. I, uh, I'm a hardworking person. I'm a down-to-earth person, a loving heart person, big heart, uh, innovative person. Uh, I'm a, I guess I'm a Richard Branson or a any one of those big entrepreneurs about the empire, you know, it's just, just, you know, out here discovering life, like, like a three-year-old, just uh-huh. never stopping, you know? So it, it's a you know, different thing at this point in time, because I'm starting to get to a point where, you know, you ask enough questions about your existence. You know, people live in a rut. Uh-huh. They go, you know, what am I doing here? You have a midlife crisis or whatever the time crisis but we all ask questions we just keep going through our regular um you know everyday 
thing for me. I've always been asking the question is, you know, what's the more, you know, and in my life right now, I'm answering that question, studying um, Ayurvedic wellness from the Vedic tradition. Um, I meditate. I'm getting to know who I, who I am versus Kendrick Jackson uh, versus, you know, where I live, where I work, you know, it's, it's more to it than that. So, um, so th- to answer the question, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a work in progress, man. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, if you mind, tell us a little bit about your humble beginnings. How was it like growing up then as a young kid and later as a teenager? As a kid, my mom, uh, my mom moved a lot and not because she wanted to, um, it's because my mom was a single parent, uh, doing the best she can for my, myself and my brother. And, uh, you know, growing up, I, I lived in, you know, Linwood, Long Beach, Pasadena, um, just, you know, all over the place. But growing up, as you see, this is what I did growing up. But there back then, there wasn't, the skate parks weren't that many. You know, we skated the street. We, you know, we, we uh, you know, we, we, shredded people's properties and stuff and people's empty pools and stuff like that oh, so wow. I, yeah you know just same thing as the way it is now as the way it was back then except there's way more the sport is so much more further you know, than what it was when i was growing up that you know you had to be predetermined to have become a niger houston um because you know back when we were growing up it's just in its very you know in the 90s is kind of beginning stages I think it was starting to really take off kind of like when Rob Durdat and, you know, and like Tony Hawk, when they were starting, they were really taking it from what it was, you know, to just a little more, more mainstream. But we were just kind of like, it was still watching a video to learn your tricks. And so my, you know, my life has been, you know, skateboarding. Then I joined the Navy because I thought, oh, I should do something with my life because I'm not going to be skating for plan B. <laughs> Wow, that was uh, actually my my lead in next question right there. Was the Navy, <laughs> man? Yeah, so yeah, so what it was as a child and, and, and as a teenager, I uh, <coughs> excuse me, I um, I got tired of being at home because you know at the time my my mom my mom um, had moved in my grandmother and my aunt and I lost my room and I was moving I was living with my brother. And we were, first we had our own rooms, you know, you think, oh man, I got uh-huh. promoted to my own room. Then my aunt, my, my grandmother moved in and I lost my room. And so I was starting to get like a little frustrated, you know, and I, lo- I love my brother to death, but I'm a person that loves my own space. So I started applying to the Navy. I was like, I, I got to get out of here, man. So I, I took the ASVAB and I barely passed it. And I didn't really take it seriously. I was just taking it. One, because I wanted to get out, but I was actually trying to go to Pasadena you know, City College. And um, at the same time, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do if that didn't happen. So uh, just to rewind a little bit, when I was in high school, I was part of a thing called the, the High Tech Academy. You know, it's for if you're, you're a special program in high school, and it's supposed to, like, catapult you into college. And that didn't happen. So then me going to PCC didn't quite happen so I was like I got to get out of here so I went to the Navy and 
it was man it was amazing man that's that's how i got to virginia that's how i met you bro like but it was after <laughs> the fact obviously i didn't yeah. it didn't we didn't you know but when i got to uh newport news man it was like a you know after boot camp and and uh you know really quick in boot camp it's a rude awakening right you know you're like this kid and you're like oh and I'm a, and I'm a type of person where I, I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't into like anything crazy. So I'm always a forward thinking person. So even then I had this mentality that whatever I do in this process with these guys yelling at me and, you know, like you having to get up in the middle of the, you know, or in the middle of the morning to march and blah, blah, that was never going to give up. That's been my motto ever since the Navy is never give up. Literally. I mean, it's a, it's a cliche as term. But really, considering how challenging my life has been, it has definitely held its own, that, that, that term, you know, being in the Navy and going from, you know, the crazy boot camp to, you know, going from Newport News to, you know, Norfolk, Norfolk, as they say in Virginia, Norfolk. <laughs> Not <laughs> Norfolk. It's Norfolk. Yeah, right. So. So, uh, yeah, so that was some awesome thing, and, you know, and being in Chesapeake, you know, just, you know, and well, I forgot what it was called. Uh, is it Little Rock? No, not Little Rock. Little Creek. Uh, Little Creek. Yeah, Little yeah. Creek. Um, I, I, wow, can we remember? I, I think right now, because I have a photograph memory. I would remember getting there. I think it was off the 95, right? Yeah, around the yeah. year, yep. Yeah, I would remember getting there, you know, especially – uh, my journeys but yeah I, I loved it i think if i had to do it all over again and i wasn't you know i when i got in the navy i uh i did it for a couple purposes one for me because i like what am i gonna do if, and i didn't get into pc and two i had a high school sweetheart back then and i was like i, I don't know why i've always been this responsible relationship family guy you know yeah i don't know i how that I don't know why that is, but obviously in our genetic makeups we don't, you know. But I was always a guy who was trying to take care of someone. So I joined the Navy. So a high school sweetheart, I uh, was like, "Oh my, God, I'm gonna join the Navy and we're gonna take care of each other." And I proposed to her after I graduated, and uh, it's just gonna get a little Jerry Springer. But she joins the Navy like a year after I do, and then she ends up getting into a relationship with another girl oh, wow. at the time I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool I was like all right I got two girlfriends <laughs> <laughs> like hell but it wasn't cool because at the same time whether it's a girl or a guy or whoever um, and um, we're celebrating LGBTQ um, this month aren't we yes we are yeah so at the time it was very confusing for me but as I've, you know, grown in my in my own and understanding, you know, girl, girl, man, man, girl used to be a guy, you know, all that. It's it's, it's all love, but it hurt because I'm like, oh, it was a girl, not a big deal. It still hurt because it was another person. Yeah. And it wasn't me. I was like, what? You know, so anyways, I was like, I did this. I've gotten the Navy and. It didn't quite go the way I thought it was. It went Jerry Springer. I was like, "Dude, this is this is not cool." So I, I, uh, oh, I don't know. I can't. We, uh, you know, we met in that process. Mm-hmm. 
in the Navy. I, uh, <laughs> the Navy had many different avenues. Like, you know, I, and I'll, I'll rewind a little bit and go back to where she joined the Navy a year, year later. We, she, her, her squadron ends up coming to the East Coast because they were based on the West Coast. And we ended up on a ship together. That doesn't happen oh, in the wow. military. It doesn't. She was in VFA-125 in Lamore, California, a part of my, my squadron in, uh-huh. in Virginia. And we ended up going out to sea together. That's when she tells me about the girlfriend and so forth. And, you know, it doesn't go like I, I want, but I still really enjoyed my time. And if I had to do it all over again, I'd probably be a pilot. But Man, if, okay, I, let me ask you this. Was she pretty hot? My girlfriend? Yeah. It was Filipino. I, oh. I consider I consider her pretty hot, not to name names because we uh-huh. protect her here. Yeah. But I I think it, she's pretty hot, you know, and you know, she was my high school sweetheart. So I think anybody mm-hmm. that I okay. call a sweet me was pretty hot. Um, you know, Panoi Panai life for for life, man. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, it was you know, you know, it's, it's, it's you know a lot of history. And after, after we got out, we, we never really spoke again. And it was not because of our feelings. It's just kind of just you know. As a matter of fact, I still I'm still connected to her sisters. I haven't talked to her, but I'm connected to her sisters on Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if I wanted to like do shout outs and see how I'm doing, I could, but. But that's one of the reasons why we're still connected because of things like Facebook. But before Facebook, there was like just friends being friends, man. So the Navy <laughs> it was a nice time, bro. It was many stories that I can get into with the Navy. Yeah, you had uh, you were, I believe, stationed on the John C. Stennis, right? If I remember correctly. Yes, the John C. Stennis. For all you guys out there who are who may ever listen that are on tennis right now man uh shout outs man it was it was it's it's a it's a 93,000 ton ship when it's out to sea 5,000 to 6,000 people are out there Uh you know and then when we have our whole carrier group it's like we got submarines we got ships it was a great environment man and you and I, I commissioned the ships I'm a plank owner nice and I know, you know, people with the plank owner. It's like back in the 1700s or the 1600s when they actually had planks, you know, where they made you up the plank. Um, it was a you 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 commission a ship, you are you literally own one of the planks of that ship. So, so if you if I ever go to you know justice now, I get deemed on. You know, like the captain gets dinged on. Like even the current uh-huh. captain, you know, they, they go ding, 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 ding. You know, captain. And uh, back then it was Captain Robert C. Klosterman arriving. You know, so if I get on right now, cap, you know, you know, story. Or I, I, I think I got off as a seaman. Yeah, so it'd be like Seaman Jackson. Of, you know, <laughs> arriving. It would be so weird. I haven't done it ever since I've gotten out, but I've always wanted to. But yeah, so because I'm a plank, we're in. We're my name is in the logs forever for that shit. Uh huh. So that's that thing, you know. You know I'm, I'm ship. I'm ship famous. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, what was your specialty in the navy? What did What did you uh, 
What, what, what did you do? Storekeeper. Store it's keeper. called district specialist now, but it was storekeeper. So we were responsible for all supplies that uh, that came on the ship. So uh, everything from the clothes we're wearing to supplies we have. We actually have two types. We have the, the, the aviation storekeepers and we have the the uh, the ship storekeepers. So the aviation made sure all the supplies for all the for the air wing, and we made sure all the supplies. Ooh, man, I smell that good, good. If you know what I mean right now, we're at the skate park. <laughs> Are you cooking? Oh, that's about yeah. yeah. <laughs> it. Yeah. They're smoking that good right now. Uh, forgive me if I get a little, you know, second-handedly high right now. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, there's a, a storekeeper. So logistics and everything that comes on the ship when we do vertical replenishments of supplies. And if, you know, what, what a vertical replenishment is, is when... A, a supply ship will come in to the side of us and then they'll, they'll match, you know, nautical speeds. Mm-hmm. And then they'll like a, a helicopter will lift up and, and bring supplies over to us. And then we'll do refueling line, refueling line from the, that's our ship for JP five fuel. Uh-huh. When we're out, we need to, you know, we're out there and, you know, these, you know, back when there was, you know, F-14 Tomcats, they're retired now. Top Gun level is already gone, but <laughs> back, you know, <laughs> back when Maverick was out there, uh, they had efforts in Tomcat, so they had to replenish the, the ship with JP5 jet fuel, so they uh-huh. bring, you know, running from the side. So it was cool, man. It was really, it was really interesting to be a part of uh, of a of a ship with five thousand people out to see. It's like a zip code out there, so. But yeah, going up to Vultures Row, watching F-14 Tomcats and Prowlers take off um, at, at at sunset, it's like freaking rad, bro. Oh, by the way, my, my dad was a storekeeper throughout the rest of his career in the Navy, and then he carried on with that um, in the Merchant Marines, uh, working in supply. Um, also, in addition, Ken, how did it felt like, because uh, I've, I've never experienced it before, but being inside an aircraft carrier and then the, the jets launching. How, how does that feel like hearing all that noise? <laughs> when I say unreal, I mean, you take it for granted when you're there because you're, you know, again, you're this guy who was, you know, in high school and you're doing your thing. And now all of a sudden you're on a ship and you're wearing, you know, back, not the, you know, drastically different than what it is now. Digi cams, it's all cool. We were wearing bell bottoms, bro. Like I'm wearing shorts right now, but we were wearing bell bottoms, um, like the old school navy. And it was it was cool, man. You're you know, when you were on a ship. There, the main part of the ship has um, it's called a hangar bay. So, uh-huh. on like on a um, on a navy base, not air, like an air force base or any base where they have a a, a hangar. A, like an airplane hangar, we have yeah. that in ship. So on on the ship, there's like levels that raise from the bottom to the top of the flight deck. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll roll up. They'll um, caddy the, the actual um, aircraft over to the actual raising and lowering. So I'm trying to get my hand. There you go. <laughs> it would literally lower from, from the bottom up to the flight deck, and that's how they got to the top. That's so cool. So in the middle of that whole hangar, it's like, so when you see an aircraft carrier, you know, where to get off, 
you know, after we get off the podcast, go look up a. It's just humongous, crazy looking, basically landing strip with, mm-hmm. but, but in the middle of this big hollow hangar, and we would uh, it's called pod foreign object or debris or whatever. We would all kind of walk the you know flight deck and walk the uh, picking up like debris off the ground, and we would we would all be lining up to do that and you know i guess we would all be on duty doing that to pick up debris because all that debris could end up inside the um the engine in the aircraft so we're always picking up debris from the uh the, the ground uh other things we did was stand duty you know on the on the uh on the, the flight deck uh at night just you know typical military stuff <laughs> but except on the ship is you know standing duty and you're in your uh I think we're, you know, we were in our uh, our, uh, our dungarees and blues. I think so. I, I, I'm trying to remember when we stood duty, but it was standing duty. It was it was great. But here's the beautiful part, and not many I mean sailors get this. I got a chance to be a part of the before it was actually out to sea. So we were in the shipyard. That is way more fascinating than what it is when it's everybody's there. Because you're now on the ship before it gets built. So you're sitting, you're doing things. It's like walking on a freeway before it's actually cars flowing on a freeway. Uh-huh. Which I've experienced as a kid. The 105 way in Yeah, I was there before it was built. I know that's making raise real. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before it was actually um, mission, And I was plank on her but we be on the ship with line running while they're building it be in um it's what's called a and this should happen to anybody ship but if you fall off there's little nets that will catch you <laughs> that sounds very but we got to sit in them you know like while while the ship you feel like things you don't you'll never get to do on a ship you know once it's in commission, you know, those are the, that's the more fascinating parts of being on the Navy is actually being a part of first crew, you know, on a ship and while it's in the, in the shipyard being built, not in water. That's way more fascinating. Cool. Oh, if you don't mind me asking too, um, how many jets does an aircraft carrier have? Or how many jets? It, how, how many jets can it hold? Um, I'm going to paraphrase this because I wasn't in the, wasn't an aviation storekeeper. Okay. I would have to say, because it, all the ships are held in the actual hangar bay, and uh, I would have to say somewhere near probably 80. Okay. You got to imagine there, we didn't have, I don't think we we had, no, we didn't have helicopters. Those are LHDs, and LHDs are, are Marines. Uh, they're Marine ship. Ours a carrier. So we had our Tomcats. We have our Prowlers. We had our, um, I'm going to say, because it was before Super Hornet. It was another they came out with Super Hornet. Uh, Prowler, the F Tomcat, the, uh, the Super Hornet. And there were other other craft. They would have them all. You know, if you ever seen the line 
ship, you know, while they're see they're like you know park you know park all catty corner with their wings tucked and everything. Then you have some inside too. So I would say somewhere in the eight it couldn't have been like a hundred or two hundred and something crazy. You know, these are you know, these are you know, they're they look small and really big. Um but but our our um our ship was the size of two football fields. Um, I, I know how to measure that for people that don't watch football, but <laughs> but yeah, the size of two football. So it was, it was you can get a pretty good amount of you know aircraft you know tucked in that. And people were uh-huh. probably how does how does a ship how does an airplane take off in such a Two football fields is not a lot of. Um, we had catapults. So catapults actually like are kind of like a rubber band, and uh-huh. they uh, they literally kind of they, they they link up aircraft, push it off, and we actually had um, very workups of the ship. We had a you know God rest that sailor's uh, dock. <laughs> They launched. They launched the aircraft and it crashed in the water, and we had it rolling oh, over. Them. Yeah, it was pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had to do a barrel at the sea, and we weren't we were filling our workups. Like when we first commissioned, we we're workups, and this, this uh, pilot died. So yeah, it was pretty fascinating the things that that happened in the in the military. Wow. All right, I'm going to move on to um, the next question here. All right, let's see. All right, so we became friends through a church in Virginia Beach, the First Filipino Baptist Church, which is now the International Christian Church of Virginia, and you were introduced to many individuals there, like Brother Michael Rode and his wife, uh, Sister Melanie, and then there were the youth, and we had a Bible study group every Friday. What it felt like being in FFBC? FFBC, man, that was... Man, I, that was probably some of the best times in my life. I'm gonna be honest with you. And that's a, you know, I, you know, somebody, some people say that like wildly, or I'm not saying that because I'm on a podcast. I really did love being in uh, FFBC before it. It's ICC right now. You said yes, ICC International Christian Church. Yeah. So it was just it. It was a band of friends because when we were in the Navy, Mike and Mel, it was. It was uh, me, Ray Dolet, and Will, you know, Bill Germer. We we, we were <laughs> we were the beginnings of 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 what they were before they when, when they were in their apartment. We're doing Bible studies, so it was like it was it was start off like a sailors kind of a sailors Bible study type thing, uh-huh. and, and we we would come to do Bible study and I'm not sure what day that'd be ridiculous. If I did know that, it'd be kind of amazing, but I don't remember what days we would do it, but we would do the Bible study and it just kind of just matured from there. So Mike and Mel, man, I haven't seen them since I moved here in 2000. No, I moved here in 99. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Not, but I haven't, I haven't been that way because I, once you get to a place and you're not a person who travels a lot, you're just, you know, I haven't been that way, and I miss every everybody grew up and has lives, and I've heard I've already heard some of the stories of people that you know even passed on. You know, God rest souls that have uh, passed on in that in that dynamic. But um, 
yeah, some of the best of friends, man, that, that, were, that were there. The best of times, including yours truly, Johnny Roos. Uh, you know, we, man, it was, it was good, man. We, we had some good times. When I, yes, we did. I back at, yeah, I look back at the, at the pictures of myself, and I'm like this <laughs> goofy black dude with skinny legs. And at the time, I would always shave, so I didn't have all this. So, I, I mean, you know, I got a dad gut now. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I guess when we all started, we were all had this high metabolism. We were all skinny yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah, but that was me too, brother. Relatively, uh, you know, I'm not like, you know, fat or anything. But, but I just, I look back at those, those, those pictures. I'm like, God, I'm not that, I'm so not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, I love, I love the time there, man. We, we had. It, it was like a, what is that term? It's called um, uh, coming of age. Mm. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I would say. FFBC was it was a coming of age because I was coming of age in the Navy, but coming of age at that time for me, really trying to understand my spiritual journey. Um, versus when I grew up, I was just kind of like, we, you know, we went from, we went to different churches and different like things like that. But I, but in that case, I was like, in a way, a, a mentor, you know, I was a uh-huh. mentor, which was weird. Uh, I was a mentor to, you know, to the youth group. So, so it started with us and the, with the sailors and then it kind of spawned into the youth group. And, you know, after that, I heard the youth group took off into some cosmos, man. Yeah, but, I don't yeah. Know. how how many members were there before the, the youth went in? Like the original, the OG, you know, the OG uh, Bible study group. How many were there before the oh. came? Before the youth came? <laughs> uh, again, it was you know me, me, Ray, and Bill, and then it, we expanded to like Ambed, Alex. Uh, you, Romar, uh, man, I, I can't name all the names. I'm just naming things that are just pop in my head right now. Grace, but those, I guess Grace was youth, technically. Yeah. Um, but uh, like the OGs, man, I, there was this one, there was this one girl that I had a crush on. I forget her name. <laughs> Do you remember? Who? It was, a, it was a girl that I had a crush on back then. I don't remember her name, but I, she was a part of like first group. Um, man, I, I, it's it's hard to really recall because it was it was it was just such a great. We grew so fast. Yeah, we really did. We grew fast. It went from little apartment Bible study thing when they got their house to just this huge. You know, huge group of youth just, you know, loving God and getting to know each other and growing and in faith, you know. So it was you know, it was it was it was great. I mean where where I'm at my spiritual journey now is is different. Mm-hmm. Um because again, when I I think I started the podcast or we were talking a little earlier, uh when you start asking a lot more questions, um we we we're, we 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 learn our lives through paradigms, right? So our spiritual yeah. paradigms 
whether it be Catholic, whether it be Christian, you know, Presbyterian. So I, I'm now more in a, a literal cosmic, you know, cosmic mindset when it comes to spirituality. But those are the foundations of really beginning to uh, understand God a little bit more personally, you know? Yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, I, I don't know. I can't re- recall all the first crew, but yeah. Where's some of those first fruits? That's for sure. Well, I might, I might have to send you some pictures at some point, and maybe you, it'll be a refresher for you. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that because I, I may have a photographic memory, but I mean, man, I'm not that great. I got them off on a on a dusty hard drive somewhere. <laughs> I know I scanned all these <laughs> pictures. Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, when when somebody pulls up a picture from that, you know, back then, yeah, you would have to have had a computer. I, I didn't start having a computer until 2000. So anything before that was just, yeah, somebody taking a picture of me. I, I, I don't have many pictures uh, from my, even my youth. So, yeah, I would like to see those, bro. Yeah, sadly, some of these uh, photos are on a three and a half floppy. So <laughs> I don't think I have uh, that kind of technology today to handle that. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> That's because she's having fun. That's the way to go. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Yeah, my son, I, if I'd have brought my son here, he'd be on a scooter, but yeah, I would have to really be watching him because he's, in a, he's for a three-year-old, because he's been skating since he's a year and a half, so. Oh, wow. Got him out I'd have there. to, I'd have to, I wouldn't be able to be on this podcast and watch him at the same time. But yeah, but he, he, he actually flows around this park pretty, I was about to pretty say. savage. <laughs> I was pretty like, savage. Park. Often, I bet. Yeah, for, for, a, for a three-year-old, I mean, he flows to this park like it's nothing. So I guess I'll give him to when he's five and I can be on a podcast and, you know, just not pay too much attention. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, do you still keep in touch with uh, any of these folks from uh, FFBC slash ICC? Uh, you would, you, <laughs> yeah, you would be the, honestly the only one. I mean, I was just, I was talking to Mike. Uh, on on DM and on F, on Facebook the other day because I was kind of like we we had our little we had a conversation maybe not too a couple of weeks ago and you told me about Melanie and her her real estate company and I got on her on her uh, <laughs> I got on her Instagram and I was like that's Mel same Mel bubbly just sweet and just very energetic sweet happy Mel. And I, you know, I started, you know, I was looking at Mike and, you know, it was just, it was, so I started um, more recently, I think in the last, I don't know, off and on, I talked to Mike uh, on Facebook, but because my life has been a very interesting situation with relationships and marriage, um, honestly, I've kind of got wrapped up in, into my family life so deep that I, I, I haven't really been able to kind of keep ties with people but Mike yourself literally would be the only ones and I, I think I talked to Grace mm-hmm. on Facebook that probably about it but everybody else I probably just seen you know a few pictures here and there but it would be nice to have like a reunion <laughs> yeah and sadly uh Ambed passed away as well as Romer so yeah Ambed passing away that was you know it was tough but I heard that he was struggling with uh he was struggling with something, and it and it, it finally succumbed to it. 
I'm not sure what the what the uh, disease was or, or illness was, but he was you know struggling with it. But yeah, you know, I'm betting Alex, man. <laughs> Alex, you know what's funny with Alex? He had this. Uh, Alex had this this Honda Civic. I remember it being yellow, and he hooked up a uh, a sound to where it was in the middle of the console. And this is back when you know you had your you know your little rice racer, like yeah. you know with the, with the exhaust and everything. And you may you probably didn't have all the power under the hood, but you had your exhaust, man. Yeah. And he had, he had a little Honda Civic, and he had the... <laughs> and he would, like, it was, it was like, I don't know, it was, it was, it was a memory that just, like, Alex was, uh, was he was a, Alex is very funny. He was a very funny dude. I would actually like to see Alex. I know he's probably, you know, with his family and doing, but he was a very funny dude. Him and Ambed were funny guys, man. <laughs> yeah, so it was really sad to you know to see that on the path, but you know what I believe is that we're 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 souls with bodies, not bodies with souls. So I think he's just you know basically back into the very fabric of of creation, you know, and you know furthering the the human human race, you know, or in the you know existence and and pure consciousness, which is something I'll you know if you have a question for it I'll, I'll get into it where i'm at right now with my with myself but uh but yeah he's in a good place man cool so it's so it's you know romar was another he was a very quiet dude man very quiet dude but you know him better than me but he's he, he like blossoms so different into this hercules dude yeah uh yeah man yeah big difference but yeah he was a he was a very humble dude that was a no, he was a very good, you know, just you know, guy you kind of wanted to, you know, get to know and be around. So yeah, it's it's, it's really, it really sucks. And then then um, I forgot who you told me that that experienced tragic things in their in their uh, lives, but I think it was more of like with their relationship, uh, the roughies, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, experienced some tragic stuff in there. It's unfortunate we hear about that stuff, um, but I mean that's, that's the, the the dynamics of life, right? Yeah. You know, Just, that is sad. I remember she told uh, she told me uh, a year or two later about it, and I I say she was a a strong lady just to even tell me everything uh, to the to the most uh, minute detail about it. And, yeah. Wow, she held on to her emotions pretty well. When I was talking yeah. to her, I, I I I could not believe, like that stuff you hear on Twenty Twenty when your spouse ends up, you know, murdering the child and themselves, and I think that's kind of what happened. He murdered himself and the, their child, right? I mean, bone chilling, bone chilling. When you told me that, it was like unbelievable. Like, are you serious? But no, that's that's one of the things. The one of the reasons why I'm where I'm at in my life right now, because when you don't know who you are, you know, deeply, not just as a person, but as a being, as an existence, uh-huh. subject to all the emotional and outer experiences that we have and it, the influences that it, it, it influenced your behavior in a, a good or bad way. 
<laughs> excuse me, good or bad is not necessarily like it's, it's, it's subjective, right? To our all our experiences, but good is bad. Good is good for our our evolution as human beings, and good and bad is bad is not is not a problem either. But when it start when we start killing each other and having such experiences like that are just so traumatizing. Is the reason why we need to really start understanding ourselves as people, so we can have way more unity, consciousness, and peace in the world. Like, and I'm, you know, sound like Gandhi or anything, but that's that's where I'm at in my life, man. I just want to be a a a, a a a being that spreads love and and unity and consciousness, and you know, it having and helping people get to know who they are because you know who you really are. You feel understood and you feel loved. And why would you want to hate? Why would you want to kill? Yeah. But all all that killing and is all a part of our our evolution as human beings. So but it's still sad, you know. It's really sad. Um, so I'm just still I'm still broken just by remembering that. <clears throat> Man. Yeah, you when you told me about it, I, I was like in disbelief. The the, the sheer being able to to, to live past that and you know most people have somebody die in normal ways and they, they feel oh my oh my god my mom passed or my brother died or whatever but when they got when it's murder it's it's just it's raw it's really raw and to, to still stand strong um in yourself and, and in the faith that's you know that takes a lot of strength yeah it does. But, in, in a in a, a spiritual, you know, that faith is not yours. It's God's. You're just standing on a rock. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 tragic, man. But I'm I I I, uh, I applaud Shirley for for standing strong. I'm not sure where she's doing in her in her life now, but I'm sure she's she's uh a lot further along past that time because I think when you told me that was about five or six years ago wasn't it yes it was yeah five or six years ago so so shout outs to Shirley Ruffy I hear that all right I'm going to move on to the next one here fast forward all right a couple of years later you ended up you know being a truck driver uh going nationwide and how and you did this for a long time what was it like being in your shoes as a truck driver um, it was, it was actually a very humbling experience because when you, I'm at home and my friend in Texas was the one that kind of got me, kind of got me in the, in this, in the, in that, because my, my brother is more of the one that wanted to go trucker. It, trucking runs in my family, actually. My grandfather was a logger, so he drove a logging truck. I don't know where, and I don't, I, matter of fact, I have to look at the history of it, but, um, when I decided to go trucking, I was um, needing to pay my child support, man. And I was really trying to figure out how I was going to survive. <coughs> it's, it's similar to the, the experience. I'm, I'm literally going through it right now. We'll get into that later. But I, uh, I went trucking. I left California. And I was, you know, in a relationship. And I just, I had to, like, figure out how to make sure that I'm, doing good for my daughter you know like you know the financial obligation is just one piece 
the other piece is being there physically. And I, I really couldn't be there physically because I was in the Antelope Valley and she's in Orange County. But um, I had to do something. And going trucking was the only way I was going to be able to keep my child support obligation going, financial support for her. So I left California and went all the way to, uh, to Lancaster, Texas. And it was kind of like another boot camp. It really was. Going trucking was like, it, it was like a rude awakening to like, you're driving a car and you're learning how to drive this, you know, vehicle that can haul 80 tons and you're learning how to drive it like overnight, literally overnight. Mm-hmm. If you don't, it's, you get voted off the island, you get sent home if you don't learn because we only had one week to kind of catch one, two weeks to catch everything. And then if you didn't, so I found myself, all I was doing was dry shifting in my, you know, I would go to the truck while, while, while we would go to class, I would hop in the truck and dry shift so I could learn. So when we would go out there, when we were doing, uh, you know, in training, I, I, I wanted to shine because I wanted to move on to the next week, you know, <laughs> kind of like when you watch these reality TV shows, you know, are you going to be the iron chef who moves on? And that was exactly what it was. It was like this moving on process and, uh, you know, it was it was very humbling because I I thought okay yeah this is no problem I was in boot camp but it was uh, it was different you know trucking taught me a lot you know about because you have to and having ADHD you know naturally you know we can I can you know, I'll say I'll speak for myself I can hyper focus but but when it's not interesting you know not so trucking you're learning have to focus your eyes every five seconds back and forth making looking at your mirrors. Uh, when you're backing a truck into a spot, you gotta go mirror, it's mirror, mirror, look at your mirrors. So you're looking at how your trailer is backing up. Because if you're not paying attention, that that thing is fishtailing all over the place. So I uh, I got I went in in 2015, and I decided to, you know after I was I wasn't kind of doing college, you know, as a photographer, <laughs> you know. Uh, but then I decided, okay, I can't do photography. I can't, I'm not going to be able to pay for I got to go trucking. So I did trucking from 2015 up until September of last year. And it's been a wild journey, man. I've, I've been every, all but seven states. Oh, you know, wow. cr- yeah, crisscrossing the United States and, you know, hauling loads. I have a major, major photographic journal. Uh, so that one of these days I'll, uh, I was trying to open up or start a podcast or a YouTube channel called the Mother Truck and Truth. <laughs> I just haven't gotten up. <laughs> but, uh, but, and the reason why I call it the Mother Truck and Truth is because we live as truck drivers in a whole nother world of, of people that work on the planet because we're in our truck. We have a 24 hour clock. We, we have a 14 hour work shift. And we have a 30-minute break, and we're driving 700 miles of our day, and we're we're peeing in bottles. We're, you know, so you got truck drivers leaving piss bottles on the side of the road, and wow, it's, the it's, a, it's a very savage existence, man. Uh-huh. They, they tell you to, you know, to hurry up wow. and get there, but be safe at the same time. It's like, how do you hurry up and be safe? You can, 
but there's going to be no safety. You're going to jeopardize something. So, um, so yeah, man, it was, it was very, it was very crazy trying to live in that dynamic and, and you get a, a sense of a uh, permanent jet lag, always been in motion going from California all the way to Chicago or, you know, just, you know, driving 600 mile shifts, you know, and I teamed up with my, my buddy, uh, Trenton Catania, uh, who I could name drop because, you know, he's my boy. He wouldn't mind if I name dropped on him. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, he, uh, he, uh, he's my, he's my partner. He's the one that you know got, got me into it. And even though my brother is a truck driver, he's, he trucks now. Uh, it, it, it's, I don't know. It's, it's like a, another kind of a coming of age thing because when you get into the truck, even if you haven't been in a truck in a long time, you, uh, you get in it. It's like a, you command, it, it, it commands you and you all of a sudden can just do two or 300 miles as a warm up. you know, like 200 miles from here or two, probably 250, 278 miles is going to here from here to Vegas. And you got to do a pit stop. You got to do some bathroom breaks. But, you know, to me, 200 and something miles is a warm-up, you know, but we do 600-mile shifts, and it's no, it's no problem. So it's a, it's a very challenging. So it's, it's really good for people to know the truth about truckers versus, you know, the truckers cutting you off on the road. Like, we're literally people who just – we're zombies out there delivering America's goods. You know, everything, you're, everything in your podcast equipment – Everything you're see, I'm seeing in your in your in your thing came from a truck driver delivering it. Yeah, all that hard work. Yeah, it's a credit. lot, it, and it, it pays nowhere near what it used to be because truck drivers used to. Uh, I'm gonna try to find some lighting because they're starting to turn the lights on here. But um, truck drivers used to get paid a lot more. Um, but truck drivers used to kind of cheat and do so many miles. Mm-hmm. You you know. Now we can we're only legally able to do like six you know six hundred seven hundred miles a day. The truck driver used to do two thousand miles, taking all kinds of different drugs to to do it, and that's why they start doing. That's why DOT got involved and started doing a lot a lot, a lot of regulations in a in a trucking world, and that's what kind of hampered you know how truckers uh, operate, so they're they're not getting so many accidents. But here's where I come in. As a truck driver, I I technically uh, I, I got fired back in September, uh-huh. and when I got fired, you know I did what every truck driver does. You know, you you dedicate yourself to the process. You do your pre trips. You do everything the way you're supposed to do them, and companies don't see that hard work truly. All they see is a body moving, a uh, a body moving material, and I'm not going to name the company because uh, right now, you know, I'm in, you know, in a legal situation. But I got fired, and I got fired because I had been working 14-hour shift, and I forgot they gave me a random drug test, and I forgot to do it. Now again, they gave me the random drug test at the end of my shift, and when you do a, a drug test, you're supposed to legally have um, hours to do it. I didn't have any more legal hours. They gave it to me. And, you know, I the kind of work that I did was very physical, and I drove. And 
long and short, I got I got canned, and they uh, when I forgot to do the drug test, they label it as a, a failure, a failure to uh, refuse to take the drug test. You know what that? Means? If yeah. you refuse the drug test, probably were. Yeah. Years or something. So I, I wasn't. I just got to take the drug test, and I, and I and it has twofold. I was tired. It was a long shift. And I have ADHD, so I, I I'm a forgetful person. So they gave me that thing, and I got fired. But here's here's what I'm getting to. If truck drivers are the ones who actually deliver America, how come how come is it that we have so much pressure to perform, but we're not having the real health concerns that we really need to be out there? So. Sleep is one of them. Truck drivers don't. We have a ten-hour reset. We don't. We don't get the ten hours. We get really about four, because after you get off your shift, me, I'm lately. I've been driving local for the last three years. I don't get a chance like I was when I was over the road to pull my brakes and just go to sleep at a truck stop. I still have to go home, be a father, be a spouse, maintain all my responsibilities. Then I might have an opportunity to go to sleep. I only got four hours of sleep after that. I still got to do my next day 14-hour shift. So that, that's what goes into play when it comes to truck driving. So my goal in my new, my, you know, in my new ventures with going uh, to going to school is to uh, open up a wellness center to be able to take care of truck drivers in a real way. You know, So when, we're, when they're out there, they really have what it takes to be out there, get the sleep, get the the rest and take care of the wellness factor. Man, this dude is really killing this. What's going on over there? Yeah, he's he's killing it, man. Like, yeah, dang. Like you, when you think about scooters, I'm I'm sorry that you know my ADHD is kicking in right now. You think about scooters, you mostly think about skating and, and BMX, but scooters are like this guy's scooter. Oh, that one right there. Yeah, killing it. Now I'm I'm on a podcast interview, so I'm Good still job, I'm Ted. talking about how awesome scooters are. <laughs> of all that happened in your life so far, what does the future hold for Kendrick Jackson? What does the future hold for Kendrick Jackson? Well, as I kind of hinted toward uh, a little earlier, I, I want to be a Martin Luther King, a Gandhi man. I really want to be able to affect positive change in the world. And I would have read, you know, the things we do now create a, a great impact on the future generations. You know, almost who gives a fuck about the next generation? No, what literally everything we do, not just the climate change, but everything we do is what decisions we make from the stuff we buy. Mm-hmm. And is what I, a positive evolutionary impact. So if we begin to understand who we are in the world and how that affects the other person, we're all unified. And and I, so last year, I began to really, I, I, I've been on this journey of in a, in a relationship, out of relationship, in this transitionary period like I'm right now. Uh-huh. And I learned that ADHD is a big part of that. And ADHD is about accepting who you are. But then I was like, well, how come I'm, I'm not, how come I'm not consistent? How come I'm inconsistent, consistently inconsistent? But that's just who I am. I'm a novelty thinker. So I began to start 
you know, in my therapy, I started to learn about the term mindfulness. And mindfulness is really just being present in the moment, right? And 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 really, really being there. Like right now, we're in this podcast. Like I'm focusing on the questions. I'm focusing on you. I'm not thinking about, oh, man, I got to get back to this. No, it's just being in present. So mindfulness took me on this crazy crazy paradigm shift man i like i went from understanding mindfulness to like to i there's there's this uh guru what's going on bro this is guru his name is uh deepak shop deepak chakra and he's mm-hmm. a he's uh, a hindu guru and he says something that was very you know intriguing in order to be mindful you got to be able to concentrate in order to concentrate, you got to be able to focus literally on your moment-to-moment task. So he started. He said something like, "Like when you're in a conversation with a person, you engage yourself in that conversation. Like you're there. You're really there. You're focusing on what you're saying. You're you're listening for understand, not for a response. Most people are listening so they could be able to say this wonderful thing they're going to say, but you listen." Or understand you're there when you're making your when you get up in the morning you make your bed you fold it you you, you wash your you you're you're focusing and once you could focus then you can be mindful and once you're mindful then you're able to you know really be present you know with yourself mm-hmm. that led quantum physics you know quantum physics led me on a journey of understanding the universe how subatomic particles are happening whether we like it or not there are subatomic worlds happening that and i'll give you a perfect example right now you're breathing you don't control the rhythm of your breath you don't control the autonomic process of your of all your functions happening the neural functionings happening every it is to, it happening at 260 miles per hour in, in your body or that your neural synapses are firing. You don't control that. There's a, there's a certain level of consciousness that is controlling that, which is a greater consciousness, which is a pure consciousness. And I, I've learned that through Vedic tradition of study, which is where, where I'm at now, and where I went from quantum physics to understanding the pure foundations of who we are. And the pure foundations of who we are are neither matter nor is it energy. It just is. And it can get convoluted, but it's in a, you know, it's a place where everything foundationally comes from the place where things don't change. Whereas we're in a world where things are dynamic and it's very subjective. Hey, what, what you think about the color of this car and the other person looking at it, like they might be, you'll say they're colorblind, but I know that person sees purple you see a lavender or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So where I'm at is I'm trying to, I really want to understand, like people want to, you know, you really want to understand people on a psychological level. I want to uh-huh. understand people on a level where it goes deeper than our outer experience. So every day we go to work, we're, we're literally subjected by our outer experience. We're creating a reality through our mm-hmm. eyes, our brains, things we see. But beyond that is a world that's happening that's so vast, it's crazy. 
So in order to in order to step into that world, you have to be able to like meditate, right? Yeah. So I do what's called a, a transcendental meditation. So there's mindfulness meditation. Uh, there's there's uh, which is more of a focus-based meditation. Transcendental meditation doesn't require you to focus on anything. It's it's actually a very easy meditation. Considering I'm ADHD, I have a hard time focusing, right? Uh-huh. So that's why meditation, I thought myself, oh my God, meditation really, how are you going to get me to say this mantra for like, okay, this is hard. But what it is, and I kid you not, I started... Uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi started a university way back in the day. They started to transcendental meditation. So I go to Maharishi, Maharishi International University in Iowa and I'm studying Ayurvedic wellness, which is a Vedic tradition. And Ayurvedic is literally the study of life and lifespan. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I'm studying, literally the foundations of life. So transcendental meditation is a meditation that takes you from you're crazy. Think of an ocean, right? Yeah. You got an ocean and there's crazy waves happening. Like it's crazy. Flowing like, organically. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's flowing organic, but then you got waves that are crashing. But no matter how you cut it, no matter what part of the ocean on the earth you are, at mm-hmm. the very bottom, it's calm. No matter how crazy things are on the top, it's calm. Yeah. So transcendental meditation in that analogy is our our waking life is this crazy place on the top. But when we meditate in transcendental meditation, it doesn't focus on any spiritual, you know, delineations. It just focuses on basically bringing yourself back to pure consciousness. So when you, when you drop in, into your, in your mantras and it's, and, and of course in Vedic tradition of this meditation, it is yoga and yoga means unity. You're, you're dropping to subtle and subtle states of, of consciousness. And what it does over time, it heals, your, uh, it heals your nervous system because most of us, of us are in fight or flight. So you, you, you're, you're sitting there at the stoplight and this guy hasn't gone yet and you got to be at work in five minutes and you're like, dude, what the fuck? Hog, hog. Fight or flight. You're, you're, why are we always in fight or flight? Because our paradigms put us there. We're supposed to be at work at a certain time. I'm supposed to be on top of responsible for my time management. But when we begin to get into that subtle and subtle states of consciousness, we're not stressed out about it. We're like, okay, this guy must be on his phone in front of me. You're thinking, you're more clear in your thinking. So essentially, long story short, you get into a level of enlightenment, which is called cosmic consciousness. Uh-huh. You get to cosmic consciousness and you're just in a 24-7 bliss. Not like pop the mouth. I'm sweating. Trinidad J. I'm talking. You're, you're good. Whether you're in that stoplight or you're eating that ice cream that we had back in Chicago, you're good. It's just one plane of you're good. So that's where I'm heading with my life. I'm, I want to get to a place where my whole life has been that ocean just, yeah, uh, yeah, just continuous waves. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, dude, I'm not even joking with you. crazy because I'm again, and I'm not blaming ADHD. ADHD is a term made up by psychiatrists, psychologists, but my brain has this novelty. I got to 
you know, always be at this next level and I've always got to be changing. I've had like 50 some jobs in my lifetime and I'm always having these changes. My life is so dynamic that it's like running, like Forrest Gump. I'll take this, my favorite movie. I'll give you a perfect analogy. So Forrest Gump gets on the roll. He starts, he just, you know, he just gets tired. I'm going to start running. And that's kind of what my life's been. I've just been running and running. I've been running and running and running. I get to this point. I, I'm going to stop. I, I think I'm going to go home now. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm, I've been running all this time. And, and it's time to, like, my beard's been grown like, like Forrest Gump. It's yeah. out now. It's time to just recap everything and come go within myself and begin to understand who I truly am and this mm-hmm. cosmic consciousness so I can really affect positive change in the world. And I really want that because at the end of the day, we all want money so we can yeah. get a nice things, but money's man-made, man. It really is, you know, and even gold and all those elements are made from the same stuff we're made of. But money is just a thing that we place as a placeholder for power. But if we really think about it, the best power is just being able to be in unison with, with the next man and help the next man and help the next woman and help e- each other in unison. Because that, unis- that unity is real unlimited mm-hmm. possibilities because we're, we're all unify whether we like it or not you know mm-hmm. i don't know what happens to your day every day but whether we like it or not we're still unified in consciousness but we all are in this i'm trying to get my we're all in this linear go to work take a shower da, 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 da. but when we open ourselves up to the to the to who we are the possibilities are endless. So I, I just want to be able to, when I open up this wellness center, help people, even if you're going to be doing the same thing, you're still more open and, and, and healing that nervous system from all this fight or flight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we're, 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 we're literally put on this earth to enjoy life, not be struggling to get to this place. And I'm not making any connotations on what heaven is, or, but life is meant to be enjoyed. Yes. In order to do that, you have to get out of this fight or flight. And that's why every man is for himself. And that's why we have wars because power. But if you knew who you really are, why would you need to get power over another person? You're good. You have everything you need. You don't need money because money, it's like walking. It's like taking each step, every single step. You know, this is in in Christian faith. It's walk by faith, not by sight. So if you're able to walk in pure consciousness, you're good. You don't, you're not, you know, you're good where your next dollar is going to come from. And I've, I've gotten to that place because I was a truck driver. All I wanted was a hundred thousand dollars and $200,000. And this is, I'm going to get my trucking company. I'm going to have all these trucks. But I would have had a lot of stress, you know, I would have a lot of money, but I would have been working a lot of hours and I've been a lot of stress. And all I really love now, especially in this, page training place where I'm at right now I just love having this conversation I'm serious this conversation and being able to speak to the audience right now is gives me more joy than anything any amount of money 
because sharing my story is not about me. It's about you. Like, who, who are you? What are you doing with your life? Is, is your job really what you want to do? Probably not. It is cool. But what, what, what more is it to you? So telling my story is a lesson for somebody to open up their world. So that's kind of where I want to go in my life. It's just helping people open up, man, and share love on some hippie stuff. <laughs> man, that's some pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, stuff you mentioned there, man. So you hit it at the deepest there, and I hope it, uh, it helps uh, anyone out there who is uh, either listening or, or viewing this video right now as you speak. Yeah, I mean, because if you think about it, anybody who's watching right now, you're either on social media looking for some clickbait. Like, if you know, and I'm sure we're going to get to it, the name of this podcast is Who the Fuck is Kendrick Jackson, right? Yep. And you would look at, oh, this, this is a, that's a vain title for a podcast. This guy wants us to know who the fuck he is. Not really, because I'm not anything special, but I am. And here's why. Because every person that's been born and ever will be is a part of, a, of an evolutionary process of, of existence. So knowing who you are in that is like knowing your role in a movie. If you don't know your role in a movie, how is the director going to film if you don't know your lines, right? Yep. But if you know your role, this movie is a motion picture noteworthy of an Oscar, an Academy Award, um, all that. But when you don't know who you are or know your lines, the director has to almost go cut, cut. This movie goes from sh budget of $14 million to $50 million. And the box office was only 38. So the, they lost money because there were so many cogs in the, you know, so many stops in the, in the, in the wheel. No one was centered. Everything was off. And this is going to happen regardless. But if you know who you are in consciousness in the universe, things flow so much better. People work so much better. Things happen so much better. And, you know, it's just a beautiful, it's a much more beautiful place. So a thousand years from now, if, if, if we are all, let's, I'm not going to take away the meditation part. Great. We meditate. Technically we can meditate in any ways. We can meditate even sexually. You can transcend sexually. You can transcend, you can transcend while you're biking, while you're walking. There's a thing called that I you know that in my research from my mindfulness it's called post-state psychology. And if you watch the movie uh, Soul, when you're in the flow, you're in a zone, it's a combination of skill, spirituality, and you enter a zone. When I say spirituality, I don't mean a particular doctrine. I mean literally this divine place, just a supernatural place. I'll just say it that way. And you're just you're playing the piano or you're riding your bike or you're walking and you just, you are, you running. That's a better one. You're running and you just, your legs should be exhausted, but you're, 
you're having a level of richness of the environment. You're having a level of timelessness, uh, selflessness. You don't know kind of where you are and where the, where your run begins. And that's where we all should really be in the world is that where we're in this, in a, in a, in a, it's a, it's a I'm going to do a plug for a, <laughs> for a book or, or a pot, uh, not podcast, but it's a book. It was called Go Stilling Fire. Uh, Stealing Fire or uh, Becoming Superman. It's a beautiful book for understanding the extreme sports where we were in the park. The extreme sports world mm-hmm. thrives off that risk. You know, the surfer who's out there on this super huge tidal wave, he's doing everything for that 40 seconds of surfing in that wave. But everything that went into it was just moment of flow state psychology where he just he flowed into the wave this epic thing and things that you were do in this flow state are supernatural because being able to you know drop down in a 200 foot wave in hawaii or whatever is not natural but when we get into these places we begin to know who we are and what we are about the possibilities of what we can do are truly endless. We're not caught up in this, oh, well, I started my car today and it doesn't have a battery. And, you know, we, we, it's just this very, you know, what we think things are. You know, and what we think things are were made by men. Money, our school processes, our churches, everything, is they're all veils. They're all paradigms. So, um not to get off on a complete tangent, but it's, it's such a much more beautiful place when we begin to know who we are, that life is just a beautiful, you know, Woodstock and 60s Woodstock <laughs> love and without the drugs probably. But in the flow state psychology uh, and instilling fire, I think they've talked about the, the altered states economy <laughs> where you're, when you're, when you're on drugs and you reach that transcendental state, or whether you uh, pop mushrooms or whatever, you know, you get you get into that state. So there's another another. I'm gonna plug it because I'm going to the school, but it's called the the truth of reality. Another good one, and the mm-hmm. actual one, the, the actual uh, quantum physicist who's actually uh, he's a the president of our our school uh, gets into you know the side where Mari she talks about with consciousness and pure consciousness and the super string theory to where how we're all connected um but it gets they, they but it really gets into this herbal tea that i think is coffee got ayabusa tea not sure what the name of the tea is but uh they go into it they uh what's her name from uh, uh fast and furious franchise uh, Rodriguez, something Rodriguez. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. She and the actual guy that st- wanted to do the film go into the, you know, to, I think it's Peru, and they, they were the shaman, and they take this tea, and they go into this transcendental experience. <laughs> so I said that because t- t- transcendental meditation is a very everyday way to transcend to the lower states, but there's so many ways. But the whole point of what I'm saying is 
getting away from this crazy outer experience into this subtle place where you know where you are is how everyone is going to be able to join forces and do great things with our world. So, yeah, this this podcast is probably going to start another podcast, but yeah, yeah it should. <laughs> and yeah, I'm sure you had a lot going. more questions. <laughs> yeah, we should. We you should get started on that. Yeah, no, I will. Um, I, again, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going yeah. to to give you the credit. Uh, for uh, we did a we did a podcast. You had me do a, a little bit of a piece on there, yeah. and on the on the 40s. And I, you know, it was good. I actually had a cold at that time when I was doing it, but it was just fun to talk about where I'm at in my 40s. And but where I'm at now is literally the second piece of it because it's not. It's I'm you know the the title of this thing is real. Is who the fuck is Kendrick Jackson? It's a book about self discovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it will be a book, uh, you know, about mental health and, and uh, ADHD. Uh, uh, you know, I'll talk about bipolar a little bit because I, when I got diagnosed, they tried to re-diagnose me as bipolar. Um, but it's, a, it's really a book about the reader, you know, opening yeah. your eyes up to who you are because who I am is important, but who you are is vastly more important because you're in your world and you're reading the books through your eyes, your perspective, I'm in my perspective showing you what I've been. I'm not a celebrity. I'm Kendrick Jackson, still in my journey, but I feel it's time to share who I am because who I am could help someone else in their journey push the envelope, which, which is what my point was. If I share who I am and it's a positive evolutionary impact, of sharing my story because we kind of live our lives for another person. Mm-hmm. So my story being heard or read, whether I died or lived is going to inspire some somehow, whether it be negative or positive, because positives and negatives are one in the universe. Bad and good are one in the universe. And in our, in my studies, there's three thoughts of, of study. There's the materialist, there's the dualist and there's the monist. The materialist, it says that, oh, the consciousness, well, I think it's a ghostly thing, uh, might exist. The dualist is going to say, well, I think we're conscious. We're conscious before we start wanting our breakfast. We're, we're conscious while we're eating breakfast, but it's separate from the brain. And then the monist is saying that consciousness and the brain, hot and cold, positive and negative, they're all one. It's all one. We're all one. And that I believe that's true. Again, it's a very subjective thing, but I believe that to be true because of my experiences. You get so many synchronicities and synchronicities being these ironic things that relate to each other that why wouldn't it all be? You can't have hot without cold. You can't have cold without hot. You can't have positive without negative. It has to be. You need one or the other in order to, for them to both exist. You have to coexist. Huh? You, you have to coexist and you need each other. You need one or the other. So they're all one in this thing. But we, our society looks at things from a more dualistic standpoint. So um, I can nerd out on quantum physics and all that stuff. But for the most part, getting to know yourself is the reason why I want to write this book. Um, because it needs to be 
and I think that's the reason why I came up with the title because I want it to be a bookshelf thing where you go, wow, someone said, who the fuck, period. <laughs> you know, who is this guy? And then you read the book and you find out it's not about me and how grand my life is and I'm Warren Buffett, you know, with all this money or anything. Yeah. It's just more like, man, you know, this guy and his ADHD journey and wow, you know, what is it? What is this transcendental meditation? What is pure consciousness? What is the universe? God consciousness and God. And, you know, and if you look at, honestly, when we talk about religion, not to get religious or political, but each and every entity of politic, I'll, I'll just say religious, are saying the same exact thing, just in different tongues. Because mm. you think about it like walk in faith, uh, or let go and let God, you know, or in the Vedic tradition, or, you know, as Maharishi said, you, when you pull back the arrow, uh, pull back the arrow and draw it, when you let go, you don't control where that arrow is going to hit. You don't control the air speed. You don't control trajectory. None of that. Like a sniper, he only controls the skill of how that bullet is going to hit his target. But it takes a lot of studying to get there. But he still doesn't control the outcome. So letting go and let and just being in the present moment is how life is meant to be lived. And I think we all try to control our outcomes is the reason why we're all stressed out, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I think we stop and just get to know who we are. We, we will be able to look at people a lot more differently. We'll be going, oh, this person has ADHD or this person is an angry person. So I'm not going to deal with this person. But if you thought, if you take a time to understand who you are, then you open yourself up. You'll know that that person's angry because they don't really get a chance to be heard. They're always being told they're angry. They're always being told they're doing this wrong. (laughs) They're always being told that their behavior is wrong. So they know themselves as to be a bad person. Yeah. So therefore who they let off to be is always going to be something that they really are not. They're not a bad person. That's just who they are. But we're not accepting of that because that is not the norm to be this bad person who walks around angry. But if we sat there and you just looked at the person and just have a conversation with them, yes, they're still going to be angry, but they're going to be able to kind of calm down and just talk. But it requires acceptance of who you are so you can accept another person for who they are. (coughs) So... It's going to be an interesting journey. I don't, I, I'm, I'm in school. I'm, I'm going to two different schools, by the way. Oh, wow. One for uh, biofield uh, therapy, which bio-field is energy therapy. therapy. Uh-huh. Yeah, biofield therapy. And the other one is uh, Ayurvedic wellness, which is the study of life and lifespan, which gets into consciousness and everything like that. So I'll have a PhD and a bachelor's you know, in about three years. So before that, I'll probably have this book out and into volume three by the time I think, by the time I graduate. But, but yeah, so much has changed from the skater, you know, back in Linwood and Compton to where I am at now. But I love the dynamics of being me, starting to yeah, figure you, out. You went, uh, you know, went through quite a journey. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm, you know, and, and I, I and I, I, I hate that what's happening right now. I'm actually going through a separation, but mm-hmm. my fiance that that I've been with, we've known each other for two 
since 2009, we uh-huh. both have ADHD. My son, even though he's three and they won't diagnose it, he has ADHD. And what's happening is that we both, we all three are Ferrari brains, just all over the place. And we're just kind of colliding. And I think that's really what it is. And then, of course, there's different traumas that are all in, in the mix. But even though we're separating, I believe we'll be able to heal better because we'll have a space to be able to love and get to know ourselves. Because I'm, I've been trying to get to know myself in the family dynamic since two, 2000. Mm-hmm. And um, that that trying to get to know myself in that dynamic has not allowed me to have boundaries. And when you don't have boundaries, you teach people how to treat you. Yeah. <clears throat> and people walk all over you because you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. They kind of get to dictate, you know, your path. And I'm not saying that my son and my fiance dictate my path. I'm just saying that the boundaries get overstepped so much. Respect is lost. So as I'm in this transitionary period, you know, I believe we'll be able to you know, love each other a lot more. And, and I hope that, you know, we, you know, one day we'll be able to join forces and get married. But if we don't, I know that we'll be friends for life with a kid who's, you know, on his own super genius level of, uh, you know, like Wally Coyote, super genius, as my wife would say, our fiance would say. Uh, <laughs> shout outs to, to, to Samantha Palacio. I, I could shout her out because she's going to be starting her podcast. <laughs> I believe you believe that it's going to be her podcast. Um, but yeah, she's a, she's a fun person and, we, you know, we've reached a, a part where we just, you know, the understanding of each other's ADHD is kind of hard right now. It's like mm-hmm. turning on the TV, all you have to know, and even though you tuned in, something, something that you can't see is not not connecting. But you know, it's going to be. A, I know. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah, man. All right. Well. I know we, we don't have that much time here, so I want to try to go through the lightning round as, as fast as possible. So you're ready for the lightning round? Flash, Gordon, Rick, <laughs> Mike. Oh, yeah, bro. All right. You're going to try to try to answer these in like uh, maybe less than 15 seconds or so. So I just got a couple here, and all you got to do is just answer them the best way possible. Okay. Turning my overthinking brain off. Okay. Answering questions. There we go. <laughs> all right. Nike, Pumas, Adidas, or Vans? Nikes. All right. Favorite all-time jam? What's that? Favorite all-time jam? Favorite music? Uh, or the, 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 the best jam you ever listened to in your lifetime? Uh, oh, uh, say that again. I didn't really hear you quite clear. We ride. We ain't going anywhere. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Even, favorite favorite movie. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Uh, favorite movie. Hmm. Man, I, I'm uh, I have hardly um, I can hardly hear you on your end. Oh, okay. My bad. Oh, yeah. probably. Because... <laughs> yeah, just a little bit of some technical issue there. All right. Um, okay. Oh wait. What the was Matrix. Favorite, what was, oh, Matrix. Okay. Gotcha. All right, uh, favorite cartoon growing up? Favorite cartoon growing up, Transformers. All right. Which food is better, American, Mexican, Chinese, Italian, or Indian? Mexican. 
No, I'm sorry, Italian. I'll say Italian because I love my pizza. <laughs> I love my Italian food. But really close is Mexican. All right. Los Angeles Lakers or Los Angeles Clippers? Los Angeles. Ooh, man. This is, I'm a Bulls fan, man. But I'll, I'll go with uh, the great Kobe Lakers. Sweet. All right. Which famous character says Autobots transform and roll out and one shall stand, one shall fall? And what does he transform Optimus into? Optimus Prime. Cool. He transforms into what? Uh, a tractor trailer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, some of these are, are, are very related to you. Oh, okay. very related. I was like, dude, <laughs> I wish I could name my kid Optimus Prime or something. <laughs> but his name was Diego, so that, that worked too. <laughs> All right. Bible verse that you know from the top of your head. Uh, walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, oh, oh, no, I'll do Ephesians 6, uh, the armor. I just don't know which verses, but Ephesians 6, uh, armor verses. Okay. All right. Which job was the best, Navy or truck driver? Ooh, that is why. Why did you ask that question? Whew. Ugh, truck driver. <laughs> Only because I didn't get to experience what I wanted to experience in Navy, but truck driver. I've experienced so many amazing things as a truck driver. I still have a lot to go. Okay. Your favorite celebrity crush? Uh, ooh. Her name, I can't believe I'm Desperado. She is the actress. Salma? Salma Hyatt. All right. Best place to live, California, Nevada, Texas, or Virginia? California, A. Hey. All right. Where are you? Hashtag Cali Live. <laughs> All right, high definition sound or high definition TV? High definition TV. I'm a I'm a picture person, I'm an image person. Good job. Best DSLR camera, Canon or Nikon? Canon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 70D. Well, of course it's way better now, but 70D, yes, 70D, Canon 70D. It's a crop frame. It's, it's it does its job. All right, and who's the GOAT in the NBA? Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, or LeBron James? Man, that is a no-brainer. The GOAT is Michael Jordan because everybody is a, is a student of Michael Jordan. LeBron's a student of Michael Jordan. Kobe would say it himself that he's a student of Michael Jordan because he would literally do phone calls with Michael Jordan, MJ, all day. Cool. Uh, best Chicago restaurant we went to, Portillo's or Giordano's? Oh, Portillo's. All right. <laughs> Good job. The weirdest thing you ever bought. The weirdest thing I ever bought. Uh, a 1986 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was a booger green. It was just, it was ugly, but that's all the money I had. <laughs> so I was, I was like, hey, it's, it, it broke down the middle of the street, but hey, it was, it was weird, but it, it was my car. All right. Hummer, Jeep, or neither? Uh, I would say Jeep. Good job. Uh, Facebook, Friendster, or MySpace? Facebook. Uh, you know, I would say MySpace. I wish MySpace, because it was way, much more customizable. Yeah, MySpace. it was. They had all it was the way more everything. Yep. Yeah. All That's right. funny you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It takes you back. 
All right, best Chicago restaurant. Oh, oh we went through that already. <laughs> best Chicago team, Chicago Bulls or the Chicago Blackhawks? Oh, wow, the Chicago Bulls. Because the Blackhawks, I was in the nosebleed section. I couldn't really get the game that much, but I still got a lot of paraphernalia. So I'll say the Bulls. Bulls all day. Sweet. Bull gangs. <laughs> best beer you ever drank? Uh, I would say a... Uh, Modelo Negro. Mm, okay. I never drank that, but hey, I might try it out someday. Yeah, Mexican beer. Mexican beer. For for me right now, it's just a Stella. <laughs> um, nice. All right. Best look, beard or no beard? Beard gang. I guess I'm going to have to say, I've had it so long. I was gone. I was going to shave it off. When I used to work at Disneyland, I had shaved it off and I was like, oh boy, I got to grow that back. Mm. Um, so yes, beard. Beard gang all day. Okay. It's kind of omnipotent when I when I comb it out, looking like God. And a part two to that: dreads, fro, or short hair, or no hair. Dread gang. <laughs> All right. The, the name of your slow cooker in your truck. You remember the name of your slow cooker in your truck? Cooking ass. <laughs> All right. What you cooking ass? <laughs> Shout out to my boy Trent with the looking ass. What you looking ass? <laughs> The good one, man. That's a really good interview question. When you know the person you're interviewing, God, dang, that was a good one. I remember you sent me that picture too, and I I remember seeing it for the first time in your truck. Yes, man. I, 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 it was, it was how everything got made: breakfast, lunch, and dinner got made in that slow cooker. Cool. All right, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, or Nicki Minaj? Woo, Nicki Minaj, boy. Good lord, good lord. (laughs) Woo, she's thick. I mean, Cardi's thick, Stallion's thick, but Nikki, her bars are beyond, and it's it's uh it's Young Money Gang all day. So, <laughs> Nicki Minaj. All right. And what do you prefer better? You know, we we've went through this, um, you know, years and years ago, and I'm sure um, you have experience as well. Beeper phone calls or text messages? Uh, text messages. Okay. Phone calls. You can't, it's hard for me to focus and do some things. Beepers, I was never into that. Text messages, I can text messages to be doing all kinds of things while I'm talking to you. So text messages all day. All right. Uh, Mountain Dew, Monster, or Red Bull? Mountain Dew. All right. Love my Mountain Dew, man. <laughs> the original one, not all the different crazy flavor, just the original Mountain Dew. Wow. And you just. What it do? You just wrapped up my lightning round, my friend. Nice. That was a, I don't know that how was quick one. I was, but <laughs> oh, it, it wasn't was... flash quick, I'm sure. Oh, it didn't have to be like super fast quick. It has to be at least maybe less than 20 seconds, but you answered it, you know, to the best you can. And that was really good. I loved it. Well, I, I appreciate that. Uh, Casey Kasem, AKA Johnny Rude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this wraps uh, our podcast for today. Um, thank you very much for joining us. I'm going to do everything I can to edit it on the audio version. Bang, uh, bang, bang. <laughs> and you take care of yourself, Ken. Have a good night. Yeah, man. Enjoy the rest of your walk over there if you need some more time to walk. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to give. I don't, I don't, I've been here so long. I'm sure where I parked. Oh, yeah, I parked right by here by the trash can. But okay. yeah, they still skating. They still skating. You know, you can't really see them, but they're still skating over there. I'm going to go. 
my son, hopefully he's still asleep, but I haven't gotten a text message from my fiance talking about, oh, he's awake. Uh, get off this podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's been real, man. Love you, yeah. brother. I mean, to to the as my as as I say with my my friend Trent, to the wheels fall off, bro. We've been bros all this long, and yep. I, I am honored that you put me on this podcast so I can talk. I love talking, yeah, so I actually got a chance to not feel guilty about it. <laughs> Hey there, it's Johnny Reeves once again, and I'm on location here in Napanee, Indiana, recording from inside a minivan. Wow, imagine that. And I want to leave a side note while I can, and it's now a few days later after the podcast interview with my best friend Kendrick. You see, we had fun right from the get-go, but I do have something I have to address to you guys. And I'll tell you straight up, the sound quality was poor, as you already heard, and I have to apologize for this mishap. More than halfway into the interview itself, I noticed that I did not press the record button on my podcast deck. However, the Zoom app saved the day on this one as it was able to convert the video and audio files right after the podcast was over. You see, I can't shoulder the blame on myself regarding the choppiness of the audio on Kendrick's side. You see, bad signals can't be prevented, but we had to keep going, and I'm glad we were able to. I'll deliver on my promise to make sure I get things recorded right on the next podcast while getting super excited within the moment. Well, you guys take it easy, and I look forward to joining you on the next episode of the 2400 Block Podcast. Oh, a reminder, don't forget to check out my friend's website, SharonLand.com, spelled S-H-A-R-Y-N-L-A-N-D dot C-O-M. The deluxe version of singer Sharon Misserin's latest CD, The One, is now available for purchase there as well as other products listed and shown like hats, shirts, calendars, that kind of thing. Yeah, you'll love it. Well, it's time for me to skedaddle out of here. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 2400 Block Podcast. Feel free to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Overcast, and Spotify.